practically all the specimens were found on what had formerly been lake shores or river shores or even river beds, places where all sorts of other animals from hippos to tortoises had come during the day to drink and where carnivores came with more than water on their minds, as is the case today. This apparent tendency to gather near water would lead to at least two theories about the australopiths and some pretty ferocious argumentation. Meanwhile, in the early 1960s, the Leakeys had come upon various fragments in Alduvai Gorge that were interpreted as homo, the first of what could at the time be called the hominid line. This designation too was controversial, since this creature, which the Leakeys dubbed Homo habilis, handyman, had a brain estimated to be of only some 640 cubic centimeters. This was considerably larger than the Australopith brain, but not even half the size of a modern human one. The earlier idea that an enlarged brain led to all other human traits, such as bipedalism, was gone for good. Homo habilis was dated to a time as far back as two million years ago, meaning, of course, that it had lived alongside at least one of the Australopiths. Other specimens came to light over the years, and they appeared a bit different from one another, and arguments arose as to whether they were more than one species of Homo in this era. It is generally agreed now that there were at least two species, Habilis, and a larger and more robust Rudolfensis. That this is the last word is highly unlikely, and not merely because other specimens will probably be found as the years go by. Revision is the name of the game. What amounts to a nearly classic example of paleo-revision has to do precisely with the Australopiths, who, as we noted earlier, were first taken to be aggressive hunters and killers. Indeed, the killer ape. This was a notion that suited the times in which it held sway, notably the early years of the Cold War following on the horrors of the world, wars, and the Holocaust. But in the late 1960s and the 1970s, a new view emerged, along with flower children and a worldwide peace movement. The bone-laden sites near water sources where most Australopiths and Homo habilis specimens were found were taken to be, quote, living floors, unquote. In short, Home bases where males, having killed their prey, hauled it back to share with their families. This heartwarming Neo-Brady Brunch Brady Bunch view was the brainchild chiefly of Glenn Isaac, who worked closely with the Leakeys in East Africa. The food-sharing hypothesis, 
suggested that cooperation was what led us to being human. Isaac was a bit dubious about the effectiveness of hunting by these diminutive creatures with virtually nothing by way of hunting equipment. Even so, as late as the early 1980s, Owen Lovejoy of the Ohio State University published an influential article, quote, The Origins of Man, unquote, in Science, the prestigious magazine of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, arguing that the astrolopiths had begun to walk bipedally in order to free up the hands for killing and carrying food. He saw this as the very foundation of the nuclear family. It was a peaceful, loving life, one of caring and sharing, and it seemed to suggest a direct line through millions of years of evolution leading to the late late 20th century suburban family with dad running off each morning to fight the good commercial fight while mom stayed home getting the noisy but fun kids off to school and then spending a fulfilling day doing housework and errands. Lovejoy view, Lovejoy's view of these eternal gender roles was immediately challenged by women scholars representing the second wave of feminism, but they were not widely heard by the profession. A bit later, two male archaeologists objected and were heard, one on a South African Charles K. Brain and the other on an American Lewis Binford. Neither cared much about prehistoric gender roles. They were more expert about ecology and the processes by which the patterns of fossil animal remains occur, specifically the patterns of bones left behind in predators' dens and kill sites. Then, then about feminism. These patterns were exactly what were found on Leakey's and Lovejoy's home bases. But with one difference, most of the bones were the result of lions or other big predators killing their prey and feeding on it, followed by hyenas and other scavengers. At the so-called home bases, one found assortments of what appeared to be stone tools, as well marks that might have been the result of cutting or bashing. But these marks almost always occurred at the midpoint along a bone, evidently the work of astrolopiths arriving after the hyenas and getting the last morsels of marrow from the bones the hyenas couldn't break with their jaws. In other words, these proto-humans were not brutal hunters and killers, They were not Aussie and Harriet-style nuclear families engaged in hauling food home and sharing it. They were opportunistic scavengers. This extreme view would come in for yet further challenge. Computer studies suggested that some of the bone patterns could in fact have resulted from hunting by hominids, while some were indeed a matter of scavenging. In what proportion, however, seems beyond discovery. Another bit of revisionism occurred fairly recently when scholars took note of the fact that the astrolopiths and even Homo habilis 
had some peculiarly ape-like features with regard to arms, legs, and feet. The arms were longer and the legs shorter proportionately than in humans, and there was a pronounced curvature to the toes. This suggested that Lucy and her later cousins still repaired to the trees in such times as danger or nighttime, but walked around upright on the ground during the day, presumably in a quest for food of a type somewhat different than that consumed by the remaining apes in the forest. Lucy, then, and the others were basically bipedal apes. Maybe even Homo habilis needs to be excluded from the genus Homo. There is a suggestion that the astrolopith toes were sufficiently intermediate between ape and human, no opposable big toe, for example, to prevent the infants from being able to cling to their mother's fur, having only two grasping hands, and that instead they had to be carried. Other lines of inquiry, other insights, and additional facts about those, these early hominids who came and went for some 3.5 million years or more will arise in a subsequent chapters. Meanwhile, our overview of human origins will pick up where Homo habilis and Homo rudolfensis gave way to other major players.